episode 53 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on September 18th, 2017. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week on the show, BioWare is hard at work updating the SWOTOR roadmap. While we wait to see what they have planned for the rest of this year, I take a look back at the old roadmap and see how they did. The CXP rewards from the daily areas is just amazing, but there is one downside to it, and I'll tell you what it is. I reached out to players this week to see what approach they take when creating their characters. I'll share the results later in the show. Many of our beloved companions remain MIA. I'll review just who is missing, and I have a special tribute to the latest companion who chose to leave our fold. And with that, it's time to make the jump to Lightspeed and check out the State of the Old Republic. Welcome to Episode 53 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have a terrific show lined up for you today. A little housekeeping to start things off. While I'm generally happy with the format of the show, as are most of you, I'm trying to make it a little better, so I'm doing some things this week that I hope will give it a little bit of polish. I at least want to give you the chance to catch your breath between topics, and I know you guys aren't shy and you'll let me know if you don't like it. With that out of the way, let's get to some announcements for the Old Republic. While summer doesn't officially end for a couple of more days, the summer of SWOTOR is definitely over. While we await word of the next roadmap and what we can expect from the game for the rest of the year, there are still a few things you can add to your calendar to tide you over until the new content arrives. First up, BioWare is holding a cantina tour at New York Comic Con. If you happen to be in the Big Apple, be sure to drop in on Eric, Charles, Keith, and the gang. It's a chance to ask them questions about the game, maybe pick up some swag, and hey, the drinks are on them. It's going to be Friday, October the 6th, from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. The venue? Stitch Bar and Lounge, located at 247 West 37th Street, New York, New York. And then there's Game Update 5.5. While we don't know what's in it, we do know that it's going live on October 10th, which means you've got until then to take advantage of the huge CXP rewards from places like Yavin 4, The Black Hole, and CZ98. My assassin just hit rank 220 and is starting to get that tier 3 gear, and I should have no problem getting to rank 300 before they fix things. If ruling the Eternal Throne is not enough to quench your thirst for power, then you should gather some friends and try to conquer the rest of the galaxy. BioWare updated their conquest schedule, and it gets us through Thanksgiving here in the U.S. Okay, schedules as follows. September 19th, Death Mark. September 26th, The Trade Emporium. October 3rd, Relics of the Degree. October 10th, The Balance of Power. October 17th, The Rackwell Resurgence on Alderaan. October 24th, Dread War. October 31st, that's Halloween, Death Mark. November 7th, Revenge of the Revenites. November 14th, Relics of the Gree. November 21st, that's Thanksgiving week, The Balance of Power. And November 28th, The Rackle Resurgence on Tatooine. By the way, if you're having a hard time finding a conquest guild, just wait for Iocath to come around again. 
and then let everyone know that you have crafting skills and aren't afraid to use them. You'll find a home in no time whatsoever. That is the easiest conquest ever. And finally, a reminder that on September 22nd, Bad Feeling Podcast will have Charles Boyd and Eric Musco on their show. The show airs at 8 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash badfeelingpodcast. Well, that's it for the small stuff. Let's slice the hollow net and get to the news this week. Like many of you, I'm eagerly awaiting an update to the SWOTOR roadmap. Nothing has been announced, and I wouldn't be surprised if it gets pushed out until after the release of Game Update 5.5. Why then? Well, according to Eric Musco, the team has been shuffling things around with respect to Game Update 5.5 and 5.6, and until that's settled, no roadmap. Eric did say that class changes are still slated for 5.5, and returning companions are something that is still on everyone's mind, but that there was nothing to report just yet. He did say we'd be the first to know when they had something to announce, and if anyone from Bioware is listening, no spoilers, please. So while we anxiously await for the next roadmap, I thought it would be a good time to revisit the first one and see how they did in a segment I'm calling The State of the Old Roadmap. Keith Kanig promised us the first roadmap by the end of May, and it was delivered on May 31st. And that was just the first of many things promised and delivered from the roadmap. I'll get into all of that in a minute, but the roadmap was more than just a list of features. It was a manifesto on their direction in the design philosophy for Star Wars The Old Republic. And what did they hope to accomplish? Here's what Keith wrote in the roadmap. We have been saying for a while now our focus this year is to return to massively multiplayer and group-based content. Since the launch of Knights of the Eternal Throne, we have already delivered a new daily area, a new operation boss, Tithe the God of Rage, and the return of two companions. Our focus on gameplay improvements will continue throughout this year, and will include revisiting existing game systems to provide enhancements where needed whenever possible. So group content was touted as a core philosophy, and they plan to deliver that in the form of an operation, PvP, and a new Flashpoint. But just because they were working on group activities didn't mean they were abandoning solo player content. Story and Companions also made the list of areas they aimed to focus on. And whether you prefer group activities or solo activities, I think it's safe to say that everyone enjoys quality of life improvements, and that too was one of the core areas where they hope to deliver. So Ops, PvP, Story and Companions, and Quality Life Changes were the team's focus, so what did they deliver? First was the Summer of SWOTOR in Game Update 5.2.2. There was the return of the Nightlife event with all new rewards. I loved it, and despite reminding you to spend all of your smuggler and kingpin chips before the event ended, I wound up with a bag full of them. I also got two Gamorrean Guards companions, so I'm calling that a win. We got companion influence from crew skill missions, CXP legacy perks for alts, you bet, and my assassin is reaping that reward in those daily areas right now. The ability to craft tier 4 armor. The ability to give Theron Sean and Shea Vizsla makeovers. New mount speeds and the ability to purchase tier 1 gear all round out the features found in game update 5.2.2. In July, we got game update 5.3, Sisters of Carnage. And with it came Avela and Esne, the Manon Stronghold, and the ability to search for Stronghold decorations using new filters. I use that every single day. More companion makeovers, Lana and Koth, I believe, and the first round of class 
balance changes. In August, we got Game Update 5.4, Crisis on Umbara, which brought a whole bunch of new stuff, but from the roadmap, it was the story in Flashpoint and even more companion makeovers, this time Senya. They delivered quite a lot, but it wasn't a lot, a lot, and some things still remain MIA. Take, for instance, rewards from veteran and master mode ops bosses. This is what was mentioned in the roadmap. We'll be adding a platinum quality item you can earn from defeating certain bosses in veteran and master modes, our two more challenging modes versus story mode. In an upcoming post, we'll let you know which bosses drop rewards and what items you will have a chance to earn. Well, no post and no rewards. In fact, the only platinum items we've seen continue to be from the cartel market. I still love my anarchy and mischief blasters, by the way. And then there's PvP. Unassembled components still haven't made it as legacy-wide currency. To be fair, this is in part due to their desire, dare I say plans, to make multiple currencies, including credits, legacy-wide. And what about that new war zone? We haven't heard anything about it. Now, it was promised as something they plan to deliver for the remainder of this year and not this summer, but the silence for this has been near deafening. Which brings me to one other thing mentioned in the roadmap, and that's communication. And here's what Keith wrote about that. We want to improve our cadence of releasing information to you. It is important to us that you know your opinions count and you have a serious stake in whatever changes we make to the game. To do this, we must chat with you on a regular basis and with a specific focus in mind. That's our plan. And a big part of the plan was posting and interacting with players on the official forums, and to Keith's credit, things started out great. They started a topic of the week, and Keith was replying to any number of posts on a variety of topics. He even got Charles Boyd to break a two-year hiatus from the forums. Charles's return did not disappoint either. First, he made it known that adding weapons to the outfit designer was something the team was considering. And he also wrote an amazing post on the man known as Tenebrae, Vitiate, and Valkorion and what his master plan was going into Knights of the Fallen Empire. Also, when it came to class balance changes, the team wrote a detailed post on how they go about making class changes, and whenever they announced a change, they took the time to explain each change and why they made it. Lately, though... It seems like it's been heads down at BioWare HQ, and other than updating us on the status of server issues, the posts have been fewer and far between. But overall, communication has been much improved. In the end, they promised a lot of things, and they delivered a lot of things, and they did it on time. So overall, I have to say, the state of the old roadmap, it was pretty good. Of course, quantity isn't everything. BioWare can release all of the content they want, but if the quality isn't there, then players aren't going to be happy and they may start to walk. In fact, Game Update 5.5 was scheduled for late September, but was pushed back to October so BioWare could focus on the quality of the update. Players didn't like the technical issues that plagued Game Update 5.4, and neither did BioWare. While BioWare delivered much of what they promised in the roadmap, not everything was a home run. Take class changes, for example. Remember those class balance posts I mentioned that explained what they were planning to do and why they were planning to do it? Guess what? 
They went and did exactly what they said they were going to do, and not everyone was happy with this decision. BioWare focused on just the numbers. Overperformers got nerfed, and underperformers got buffed. And a lot of people felt that numbers were just one part of the equation. Players argued that by leaving disciplines alone and not looking at utility and survivability, they really weren't balancing the classes. Then there was the Manon Stronghold. There's no question that it's beautiful and a great addition to the collection of strongholds, but when it came to hook types and hook placement, many players found themselves scratching their heads over the decisions that were made, and they felt like it prevented them from creating the stronghold of their dreams. It didn't help that the cinematic plays every time you visit it. Finally, there's the new Operation Gods from the Machine. The problem isn't the fights, they're pretty good. Teams tackling veteran mode are grabbing their tanks by the shoulders, looking them in the eye and saying, you can do this. Go in there and be the tithe. Be the tithe. And by the way, you can literally be the tithe. The issue here is that there are not enough fights to keep people engaged. Now in the roadmap, they did say that the plan was to deliver a new boss encounter every few months, but it's been five months since tithe was released and we still only have two bosses. Now, I've stated before that I thought staggering the bosses worked well for this game, but I also thought that bosses would be released every month or every other month. At the current pace, I wouldn't be surprised if the final boss isn't released until early 2018. And where is that master mode? We've reached the end of the first leg of this journey. There was the occasional pothole along the way. The car is still running, but now we're headed into new territory, and the GPS needs a serious update or this journey will stall. More ops bosses, more stories, and class balance are all on the radar, but we need to know more. The summer of SWOTOR is over, and there really isn't a fall of SWOTOR to take its place, and I'm not sure there is a winter of SWOTOR coming this year either. Unless they announce an update to the roadmap soon, it could be the winter of our discontent. The CXP Dailies bug is scheduled to be fixed with the release of Game Update 5.5 on October 10th. It's been a great way to level Galactic Command, and I have seen my Assassin go from rank 60 to 220 in less than two weeks, and I haven't even played every day. With all the perks and boosts, I earn as much as 2,800 CXP per quest. While that sounds great, there is a downside to earning all of this CXP so quickly, and that's much of the gear you earn in Tiers 1 and 2 is wasted. It was always disposable, but the system was designed so that you would want to wear it because of how long it would take to get to and through Tier 3. I hit level 70 on my Assassin before the most recent CXP event, and the moment I hit max level, I purchased a full set of Tier 1 gear. Tier 1 was already a waste of, of time, but now so is Tier 2. Now, it makes sense to hang on to all of the legendary items as they can be upgraded via unassembled components, but everything else in Tier 1 and Tier 2 can probably be disintegrated. My problem is that it goes against every fiber of my being to get rid of upgrades. I also don't like wasting CXP boosts, so if I'm not questing, I'm logging out. The end result is I found myself getting to Tier 3 with an inventory full of unequipped Tier 2 gear. 
When you consider that Tier 1 is more than adequate for those daily areas, there's no reason to spend time and credits augmenting and equipping that Tier 2 gear. Now this assumes, of course, that all you're doing is leveling CXP in these daily areas, and on my Assassin, all I'm doing is leveling CXP in these daily areas. I don't know how many additional ranks I would have gotten from disintegrating all that Tier 2 gear, but I do know that I'd be a lot closer to the end and have a lot more room in my inventory. The characters we create are very near and dear to our hearts, but just how special is each one? Well, that depends on the person creating them. Some players find a look and will use it once and only once, while others find themselves creating an army of clones. Over the weekend, I reached out to players to find out about their philosophy when it comes to creating new characters. I sent out a poll and I asked, when you create a new character, one, each character breaks the mold, they must all be unique, or two, I create the occasional doppelganger, or three, I'm obsessed with certain looks begun the Clone War has. The results? 60% of you responded that your characters are all unique, 25% said you had the occasional twin, and 15% said you were obsessed with certain looks. As for myself, I lean more towards that 15%. If I find a look I really like, I will definitely use it on a character on another server or occasionally on the same server. And I'm not just talking about the species, body type, etc., but also outfits, weapons, and crystals, sometimes even the name. So if you see a character on Shadowlands who looks like my bounty hunter but isn't my bounty hunter, it still might be me. If you head over to the dairy aisle of whatever passes for a supermarket in a galaxy far, far away, you're sure to find cartons of blue milk with the faces of missing persons on them. Names like Nadia Grell, Vector Hillis, and Risha, to name a few. Now Bioware has promised that these companions will return to us, we just don't know how or when, but if you're keeping score, there are 17 companions whose whereabouts are currently unknown. The trooper, by the way, is the only one who has gotten everyone back. If you're wondering who is still among the missing, well, here's the list of companions that are still MIA. And there's Kira Carson and Doc, Lord Scourge, Lieutenant Felix Arezzo, Nadia Grell, Theron Sedrax, and his lovely, or is it creepy, holographic companion Holiday, Zenith, who's voiced by Troy Baker, who also voices Theron Sean. In fact, those two characters sound almost the same. There's Corso Riggs and Akavi Spar, and then Risha, who's a personal favorite of mine, Jasa Wilson, Kem Val, Andronicus Ravel, Ashara Zavros, Ensign Reina Temple, Vector Hillis, and the lovely Mako. That's a pretty big list, and I've said it before, the longer they stay away, the more it feels like a choice on their part. Remember, they've been gone for five years, and our whereabouts 
aren't exactly a secret these days. I'll be very curious to see how they choose to bring them all back and when. And while we wait for those companions to return, the talk of the galaxy continues to be the most recent companion who chose to leave us, and that, of course, is Theron Shan. I don't know if things are truly over between us, but whatever happens, we had a pretty good run together. I gathered some of my favorite Theron moments for you and put together something that I think you'll enjoy. So enjoy. Hello, Theron. Is that a good hello or a bad one? Outside of Lana, I can never tell with you Imperial types. About five levels down, there's this one Sky Trooper. Totally wrong program. Likes to get back rubs. Best things a ghoul ever did. Well, I know where I'm going next. Your story checks out. Just a little digging on these two. Charges against them both for smuggling, disorderly conduct, assault. Even the droid? Yeah, what do you ask? Never mind. Theron, you have the intelligence on this signal jammer. You start. Right. The intelligence I gathered in the company of several interrogation probes while being held against my will. What are you two discussing? Definitely not anything about any abductions on Rishi. Good shot, Theron. I aim to please. Next time, aim to kill. Show off. This is who you sent to capture us? I'm a little offended. Whatever happens here, it was all worth it just to see the look on your face. Agent Theron Sean, ladies and gentlemen. Those are just a few of my favorites. I'm sure you have some of your own, and I'd love to hear what they are. Send me a tweet to at SotorPodcast, or send me an email to SotorPodcast at gmail.com, and I'll talk about them on the next show. And speaking of email, here's one from a listener named Chris who writes, I was listening to your podcast this morning and the discussion about CXP slash dailies, the grind, and what Keith said about how they are looking at it in the future. Well, the idea that popped into my head was simply add the CXP bug to Conquest rewards. For example, top three guilds in Conquest would earn, say, 1,000% for first, 500% for second, and 200% for third place in Conquest standings for the heroic slash dailies on each planet they conquer for one week. This would breathe some life back into Conquest and really bring it back to the competition that used to exist back in 2014. Well, thanks for the email and the suggestion. It's not a bad idea. But unless they can solve the issue with big guild domination, any changes to rewards probably just means the rich getting richer. But A, anything they can do to improve Conquest is a good thing. Given that Galactic Command looks like it's sticking around for a while, marrying those two is probably a good idea. Well, that's all I have for today. Let me cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another half hour listening to episode 53 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show site, which is sotorpodcast.com, and there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at sotorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at sotorpodcast, 
or send me a direct message. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. Look for episode 54 on September 26th. And remember the Sith Code, cake is a lie. Bye.